cerebrum has suffered massive and irreparable damage. You'll never know what has happened to him. Had I not been sure of this, I would not have permitted him to live. Where? Father? Father? I need help. What is democracy? What is democracy? It's got something to do with young men killing each other. When it comes to my turn, for democracy, any man would give his only begotten son. It is impossible for a decelebrated individual to experience pain pleasure, memory, dreams, or thought of any kind. This young man will be as unfeeling, as unthinking as the dead until the day he joins them. I don't know whether I'm alive or dreaming or dead and remembering. How can you tell what's a dream and what's real when you can't even tell when you're awake and when you're asleep? Where am I? I can't remember anything. Can't tell if Welcome to another episode of Uniting the Gap with Brian and Damien, where we attempt to bridge the ever-widening gap between the left and the right. Brian, how's it going, man? It goes real fantastic, Damien. How are you doing today? Oh, it's hot out here in Vegas. <laughs> I mean, we've been in like 111 for the past few days, but we got, finally got a caught a break today. We're down to 109 today. So, but yeah, I don't, don't want to brag, but uh, out here it was uh, like 74 degrees today. Really? And uh, yesterday it was like 68. It was pretty gorgeous. But I spent uh, I spent this last weekend down in Tennessee. And man, I I, like I've been in the South a lot. My one of my one of my relatives lives down there. But I have never been there in the summer. Like I've been there in the spring. I've been there when it's 80 degrees over Christmas and very comfortable. uh But I have never experienced that southern heat and humidity. And I want to let you know, I've got a mild bald spot on the top of my head, and it is bright red for the first time ever. And uh, Yeah, man, I, you know, I lived in the South. I lived in the South. I lived in New Orleans, and I lived in Florida. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like that kind of heat. Even the heat here, you know how they say, well, it's a dry heat. Well, yep. they're right. It's a dry heat here. But like down there in the South with that humidity, I mean, it's killer. It is oh. absolute killer. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will stay here where it uh, gets to maybe 90 degrees two or three times a year. Right. Maybe 100 once, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll stay where the uh, skin can freeze off in the wintertime because you know, <laughs> it keeps the keeps the killer insects away. Yeah, I don't miss that stuff though, man. I I don't miss that cold weather. I can't deal with that. But uh, anyway, let's get into this, man. Um, so the first thing I want to bring up here is that you know that I have been far to the left. And, yep. uh, you know, and, and at one point you were far to the right. But, you know, the older I become, the less left I'm getting. And I mean, I used to despise centralists because I was like, you know, if you're not outraged, you're not paying attention. You need yep. to pick a side and stick with it. That's true. Not one anymore. Of the reasons I liked you so much. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. I mean, especially recently with all the things I'm seeing happen. And uh, listeners, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to warn you up front, this this entire episode is going to be about the racism we're seeing uh, and the and the uh, uh, the protests 
that are happening in the streets, you know. And I think I think the first thing we should talk about, uh, Brian, is uh, the toppling of these monuments that's yeah, happening. I got I to gotta interrupt you for a half a second because I got to tell you this, first and foremost. I truly hope in my heart of hearts at age 44, as I am right now, that this episode is found later and keeps me out of public office. <laughs> like, because the shit that is out there right now is asinine. To it really is. I never thought that I would ever see in my life, ever. You know, I mean, and it's 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 not that I disagree with the the protests necessarily. What what I disagree with is the stupidity behind some of this oh, stuff. I mean, like for instance, just recently they had that uh, in San Francisco, uh, these protesters toppled that statue of Ulysses S. Grant, and yeah. from the images I saw, most of the people involved were white. Yeah, I mean, they don't like, even know their history. I mean, yeah, he was reportedly he reportedly once owned a, a slave, but he granted the man's freedom for, before the Civil War, you know. And the reason being is because he came to, had a come to Jesus moment, I guess, and yep. thought, well, you know, I mean, this the the idea of owning another human being is deplorable, so I'm not going to do it anymore. Well, and he so he freed the servant. guy. He uh, kept him as a servant throughout the war, and I believe he kept him as a servant throughout most of his life. But was he a slave or was he granted his freedom? Um, for the life of me, I do not recall. Because I know a lot I of slaves that were freed I, and then they were kept on as servants, paid servants. As I recall, his wife's family was a slaveholding family. Right, right. So I think that he may have acquired him somehow there. But I don't, but I don't know. I know that he was, he was almost an advisor to Grant. You know, he, he was uh, he was someone that Grant took as counsel, if you yeah. did anything by Grant. You uh, know, my, I, my brother-in-law, who I was, I was speaking with this weekend, he's uh, studying for a degree in, in military studies. He's, uh, he's, he's in the military. Oh, and he just wrote some incredibly lengthy paper on Grant. And I said, man, when you get the, when that's done, please send that to me. I need to read that, you know, because he's, he's an incredibly intelligent person. He studies militarism. And the more, like, I, I think... What I find the most funny about white people, especially our white privilege, which is a term I just like, I want to wring somebody's neck when they say words. <laughs> you have white privilege. Like, I, I want to, like, by the time they get to the per, you know, in privilege, I just like, I want my hands to be around their throat, you know? And it, it, it disgusts me. But I truly believe that that liberal sense of white privilege is what causes this outrage. It's white people believe that they have this bizarre entitlement to become outraged for another group to set history somehow right. Like, I can't, I can't comprehend it. Like, I, I kind of get a Grant statue coming down in San Francisco that, like, it's a weird, bizarre, laughable irony. Because they're like, oh, no, he might have been, you know, not against slavery and fought in the Civil War, but look at what he did to the natives afterward. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you got to, you know, it's like I understand where the stupidity comes from, but it's just the stupidity. It, it hurts my heart because it's so basically unfounded. But it's 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 that same thing. It's that young young generation that feels like they're right, and then when they hit our age, they're gonna look back and go, I don't know. "Yeah, yeah, that's that's I mean, what I've been saying recently." Thought that one through. 
Yeah, yeah. And I'm not one to sit here and down the millennials or Generation Z. I'm, I'm not, I don't get down on them like a lot of people do. But, you know, I mean, know your history, you know. And like yeah. I said, he, he he did go on to defeat the Confederacy, yeah. you know. And so he had a hand in, in freeing the slaves. But talking about freeing the slaves, even tonight, protesters are threatening to tear down that statue of Lincoln known as the uh, Emancipation Memorial. And it's because the statue depicts his hand over a black man who's on his knees. Um, but it's not about the continued oppression of black people. It represents gr Lincoln granting black people their freedom. Yeah. And yet this misinterpretation that it's about, you know, oppression, continued oppression after the freeing of the slaves, that's a load of shit. It really is. Well, you know, I mean, you, you can perceive it to be that way if you want, but don't tear that down the statue. Because you misinterpret something. You know, if you, know? you look at Lincoln as a character, he never ran on slavery. He oh, was, no. He was no, for, uh -huh. you know, keeping it as an existing institution where it belonged. He used emancipation as a political tool and a brilliant political tool. I think, I think if you look historically at Lincoln, he was so far forward thinking for his time. Mm -hmm. He would have been a liberal's liberal now. Yeah, yeah, but absolutely. When you well, in fact, the, that, the, enti the entire the entire Republican uh, side was very liberal back oh, then. Oh, absolutely, you know? absolutely. But you know, you look you look at Lincoln, and had Lincoln not been assassinated, and part of the reason he is assassinated is because he's so damn liberal. Right. But right. had he not been assassinated, I really, honestly believe you would not have seen the westward expansion against natives like you do, like like would have happened. I really believe that because he was he was a negotiator. Mm -hmm. He was mm -hmm. a person that would have gone out and tried to work with something. It's like, you know, I saw somebody bring up the the hangings of the Sioux in, uh, I believe, 1862 during the during the Sioux uprising in Minnesota. And, you know, they look at the hangings of, of those 30 plus Sioux as this incredible atrocity. And it's not an atrocity. First of all, it was an act of war. They acted in mm -hmm. a war during a war. And Lincoln also pardoned over 300 of those people that were also sentenced to death. He only allowed the execution where evidence was directly related to those people. And only one of them was accidentally executed. And that was because he stepped forward because he shared the same name as a guy and wasn't aware of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but, but to pull down a statue like that, like I, it, it's, it's horrible. But the irony of that, the irony of all these statues pulling down is it really proves that all those right wing people with guns are all talk. <laughs> I see what you mean. It really does. Because you see all these you see these keyboard warriors and I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm half guilty of it. But, you know, if you're, God damn it, if they do this near me, I'll fucking shoot them all. Well, you know what? You're not. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. You're not out there at all. You're not doing a damn thing about it. You know, and hopefully something that like that doesn't happen. But honestly, I see it leading up to that. I see a, I see this coming to a civil war, but it's not going to be a civil war like we've known in the past where it's one area against another. It's going to be in the streets and it's going to be every, everybody's going to be at each, at each other's throats. And you know what's going to happen is that's going to induce martial law. And that I, 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 I'm putting on my tinfoil hat here. But I think that that's what the government wants. They want more control over people, you I know, and they, they see this as an oil hat off because I think that makes sense. Yeah. I think you know? that it would go down in history if it were really written about in history. 
as the dumbest civil war in history. Like, just hands down the most stupid civil war that ever existed. Because it wouldn't make any sense. And I think we had spoken about this last time. I I believe, you know, in in traveling this weekend, in, in reading what I'm reading, you know, now, I believe that no matter who wins in November, it's a loss for this country. And it's not because I'm a Trump guy or because I hate Biden or whatever. I think that there's so much polarity right now. Like, did you did you watch the uh, inauguration in 2017? Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK, so I, I, I did. I swear to God, I did this. I watched the inauguration. I put Fox News on my TV. I pulled up CNN on my wife's laptop and I put MSNBC on my iPad and I watched all three of them during the inauguration because I like I had to know I was I, I had to know I was sitting in my house and I was watching they were rioting in DC but they were just it was like minorly covered it was just like oh by the way there's uh-huh. fire bombings over there whatever oh here comes Trump and uh, I I think that if Biden wins there's going to be some horrific shit happening at that inauguration and if Trump wins my god man especially when he doesn't draw the 100 million people that he's going to count yeah, but, right, right. You know, there's nothing good that is going to come from this election. Like nothing. There's well, and there's and with with, with everything that's going on and leading up to the election, yeah, it's going to be it's no no matter what happens, there's going to be hell to pay somewhere. There know? is, and I think it, and I think that you're on the right terms. And I don't, I, I don't want to be called a conspiracy theorist because it's insane. But when you look at all of the coverage of the shit that's going on right now. It's like a logical deduction. That's oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's like an easy path to see. You, you, you'd have to be a blind person to not understand where it might even, it might not even want, it might not even be the government that wants that. Cause you know, like, like the Q theory that floats around, I read that for like five minutes and that's the most crackerjack thing I've ever yeah. read in my life. Yeah. Yeah. But, but when you, when you look at that, I mean, the deep state, the deep state is real. It's not real in the sense that, they're this, you know, Illuminati thing. But even the Illuminati, the Illuminati is essentially people whose families and them work together their whole lives. So they hire people they know what mm. business doesn't do that. And 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 so in the deep state thing, these are just bureaucrats who've held a government job for 60 years that keep connections with the same people that actually run government. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I, at least I think everybody knows that. That's like that's like common knowledge. So it's not. It's it's not anything, but it's all media driven. It's it's media driven. It's social yeah, media driven. But then you know, pe- people see that you know Trump is, is continually ousting people, and then reinstating yep. the positions with you know his friends and family members. You know, I mean, and so what are people supposed to think then? I That's mean, it, it, just, it, it just seems painfully obvious. But hey, on the upside of that. His purges are not like the Stalin purges where people are being killed and disappeared. Well, no, no, You got no, that going no. on. That's nice. He just, you know, builds them up and then destroys them on Twitter. Well, yeah. Which, yeah. which is one thing I, I've always disliked about him. I don't care for people that, this guy's going to be the greatest. He's going to be super good. He's going to be the greatest part. By the way, I always thought that guy was shit. Come on, man. You know, yeah. I, 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 I hate that about him. Yeah. You know, you, you, a little earlier you were talking about the hangings. Um, let's let's get into this whole Bubba Wallace incident yep. with NASCAR. Um, one of the things that's bugging me about this is that people are comparing this to another uh, Jesse Smollett case. 
Yep. And to me, the difference between the Smollett and this is that the Smollett case was a blatant lie while Wallace's team reported this incident to him. Yep. Um, then they're saying that the rope is just a door pull. Uh, okay, and that may that probably is the fact, but the fact that the rope was a door pull means nothing because it, you know, I mean, it's it was the only door pull at Talladega that was fashioned into a noose. Well, here's, um, here's what I read from the FBI. I read this maybe two or three days ago. They had read, and I'm sure that because there was garage video someplace, that it was actually tied like that back in October. Right. So it had been that way for like nine months, and it was just some dude that tied a door pole. And, and come on, man. It's some redneck working at a NASCAR place, for God's yeah, sake. Of yeah. course he well, ties see, and, 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 so and that's was, just it. He was you know, randomly they, they, assigned to the garage. Yeah. You know, it was just, here you go. But like, see, yeah. and that's that's just it. I mean, uh, you know, the only reason they banned the Rebel flag at sponsored events is because uh, they were warned that the so-called cancel culture would put them out of business otherwise. It's, you know, and it's not as though they really cared about the plight. All they cared about was the money that they stood to oh, lose. Yeah. You know? now, it does surprise me that they bowed to that because the cancel culture is not really a NASCAR crowd. Yeah. So yeah. I would imagine, you know, I mean, first of all, it blew me away when I found out that NASCAR was the largest spectator sport in the country. I, that, that floored me when I found that out. Is it really? It really is. I mean, you got those, those states. You think that football would be the big that's one. That's what I thought. But those NASCAR uh, things, I guess they hold in excess of a hundred thousand people. So wow. it's the largest spectator sport that there is in the country. And I'm going to tell you right now, Damien, there is nobody out there waving a fl- waving a pride flag uh, rooting for NASCAR in that crowd. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to say that with my whole heart and honesty. Well, if there is a gay person that's a NASCAR fan, listen to me. I apologize, but they're not catering to you. Yeah. And, you know, and it doesn't, doesn't surprise me that I didn't know that fact because I'm not a NASCAR fan and never have been. I w- kind of got into Formula One at one point because my an old girlfriend of mine, her dad was a Formula One race car driver. His name was Pete Lovely. I don't know if you remember him. No. He's from way, way back when. His son uh, now drives uh, for uh, uh, Formula One. But um, but yeah, I've never been a NASCAR fan at all. And I, I was barely a fan of Formula One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a sport. It's driving. If I want to watch traffic, I'll sit on a bridge. Right. It's like it's like calling pool a sport, billiards oh a sport. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a game. It's just a game. Billiards is a sport. That's a. That's a <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, you know what? You know why this is happening? Why all of this this debate is happening with this whole Bubba Wallace thing? It's because of mainstream media, oh, because absolutely. there's no real investigative journalism happening, if it happens anymore at all. And the reason for that is for mainstream media is in such a rush to get the stories out yeah. there as fast as possible in order for them to say, well, remember, folks, you heard it here fo- first. Yeah. And they don't report the entire story. And as the facts roll in, as they always do, you know they do, they eventually make themselves known. It only adds to the credence to that whole fake news stuff that Trump's always oh, going absolutely. on about. Absolutely, absolutely, it does. You know the the, the cable news and they're the, all three of them. They're all guilty of creating their own conspiracy, and then a few days later, if you parrot back what they said, they just call you a conspiracy theorist. Right, I, right. You know, I think I brought. And that happens before. on both sides. It's yeah, ridiculous, it and it's, it's just ridiculous. You I know, mean, I, I, who who do you listen to, Brian? Um, as I, far as honestly, where you get your I, news. 
I'll be completely honest. I don't. I can't. I will read. I will read stories as they as they pop up on my phone, or I'll I'll see something and I'll look more into it. But I haven't watched. I haven't watched any of the cable news in probably five years. I, I, I can't do it. I used to watch the only thing I used to watch. Like I, I love the morning, uh, like the morning channel nine news. I used to really enjoy that. So I get up. It's because at the morning news is local news. It's usually fluff stuff, but it's the, uh, it's the morning, it's the morning Fox affiliate, but it's local. It's just, you know, Fox owned. And then as they would get into the national news later on, and then it's the same parroting of all that stuff. It's like, I ain't got to turn it. Give me something that's recipe. Cause mm-hmm. like, I can't, like I can feel my blood pressure rise. If I look down at my Fitbit, my pulse spikes, and then my <laughs> wife's got to listen to me just rant about the stupidity that I'm watching right now. And so it's just, I, I can't because, because it's not information. It's, it's not You're you're being fed something that's going to trigger you somehow emotionally mm. to agree with it or disagree with it on some level. And that's, that's awful. That's the worst thing that can possibly happen. It's like, I almost find it funny now that Fox news is almost the trustworthy news source. Yeah. Almost because <laughs> during Obama, they were so insane. They were nutball insane, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. CNN was so nutball insane. Like, when I was talking about conspiracy, I remember watching CNN when the Sandy Hook shooting occurred. And because Sandy Hook was so close to New York, CNN was able to get on the ground journalists there like same day. And so they were reporting basically things that they were reading online. They're reporting things that they were reading on Twitter. And they were reporting things, you know, going around that. That was how the first suspicion that there was a second person arrested and that they were hunting one more came out. It was from CNN. Mm -hmm. I watched them say it. And then they would go on and they would, and they were, they were hammering Fox news for reporting, you know, that they were hunting for another person and that somebody was arrested. I was like, Jesus Christ, you literally said that two days ago, you created it, Mm. you know? And, and so it's no different than this, but, but yeah, you know, I, I didn't follow the Bubba Wallace thing that much. First of all, I'd have never thought that there was a black guy named Bubba that did NASCAR. <laughs> if I hear a guy named Bubba Wallace who drives NASCAR, my first immediate thought is that guy is going to be so damn white he's clear. White redneck. Yeah. <laughs> That's who that is. When I saw a picture, I'm like, wow. Like, who knew? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and, and then today the FBI releases the picture of it because, you know, he had said in an interview, he said, you know, I don't care if it was there accidentally or whatever, it's a noose. And I see the picture of it, and that, that's a noose. Like, that's what yeah. a noose looks like. Yeah, yeah. But, again, it's probably just some dumb redneck. I said, here you go. We have a little more rope uh, tied up. You see, and that's, that's what, that's what bugs me. Yeah, but that, see, that's what bugs me about people saying, well, it was just a door pull. Well, if it had been a child's jump rope that it had been made into a noose, would people still be saying that things like, you know, well, is it, it's just a toy? Well, that's different. I mean, if you're tying, if you if you have somebody tying uh, a jump rope into a noose, and you have somebody that's going to be hanging cats in the neighborhood, and that's a bad thing. <laughs> if, if you have someone, I'm going to tell you right now, I have a door pole where I work on the back garage where we go take out cr- trash at night, and that's a three knot, that's a three loop noose. It's that's what it is. It's just a loop on the end, and boom, there you go. It's not. 
I guarantee you that nobody put it there to be anything other than silly. Yeah. That's yeah. it. You well, know, like our, our mutual friend, Jim Shiflett, he, he even said that, you know, it was tied last October. It may have been a Halloween prank or something like that. And I mean, it really had nothing to do with Wallace at all. No. And so, but, we, but, but, but again, we don't know, we don't know all the facts. And so we have, we're forced to jump to our own conclusions. You yeah. know, I think it's just, you know, so but, again, but mainstream media is to blame. Yeah. If you had any form of reporting on it. I have no problem with the first headline. Hey, Bubba Wallace finds a noose in his garage because I'm going to tell you right now, first of all, if I'd have known he was black, I wouldn't have known he was allowed in NASCAR, but it's 100% logical that there's some old boy going, boy, what the hell are you doing? Here? Yep. 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 Of course. So, so I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to listen to this guy a little bit, maybe. But then if you tell me that, like I'll, because the initial report, I legitimately thought that somebody had like tied a rope, thrown it in the garage. That's what I thought he was talking about. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and it was only because of some meme that my cousin shared that it was a door pull thing. And, I, and so then I looked it up and I was like, Jesus Christ, how in the hell it's a door pull? First of all, you'd think someplace like Talladega would have automatic garage doors. Well, you'd think so, right? <laughs> but, but it's a rope that brings down the door. That's what you're looking at. Come on, man. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to think about that one for a little bit more than a half a second. Come on, let's. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's just so damn stupid. It hurts. So I don't know if you heard about this. I heard about this just today, but uh, uh, the Dixie Chicks. Oh my you remember, god! I remember I them. That. They issued a public statement that said that they're rebranding themselves to just the Chicks. Which which made me laugh. Which made me laugh right? so much. Oh I, that that in itself is problematic. I mean, that's, can you imagine if you can you imagine if you worked in an office and you walked in and said, "How are the chicks today?" I mean, you'd find yourself in a HR hot seat faster than you could say misogyny. That is, you know, that is somehow worse than the Dixie chick. Oh God, at I just the, at least the Dixie chick sounds like some cute Southern girls that are sitting around making tea, calling them the chicks. I'm like, dude, even I know. <laughs> that you're not supposed to call women a bunch chicks. of chicks. Right, that right. term is only derogatory. Right. It's only it's like saying broads or I whatever, know. you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean we call ourselves the trailer broads. That's what we're gonna <laughs> <trailer. laughs> but, but yeah, I saw that today and I couldn't like I couldn't stop laughing. I thought that was Oh, oh my god, who god. the hell thought of that idea? We're just going to call ourselves the chicks. But again, you know, it goes back to what you were saying about the whole white privilege thing that 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 white people are accusing other white people of Mm -hmm. doing. And so it's like these other rebrands that are happening. I mean, these companies are owned by old white men. I mean, like Aunt Jemima, Cream of Wheat, Uncle Ben's, Mrs. Butterworth, you know, even even Land O'Lakes, Butter. I don't know if you I I saw that. That's ridiculous. even, Even even there earlier this year, they had considered doing uh, take, taking off the uh, uh, Native American woman yep. off their uh, yep. uh, products, but they still haven't done it, you know. But, but, it's, I, but I'm, it's, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for KFC to remove Colonel Sanders' logo well, because well, he looks like an old plantation owner. Yeah, and that guy know? was an asshole. He was an asshole. He yeah. was an asshole. He shot a guy. Did he? You know? Yeah, he did. I was watching a documentary on him because. I watch documentaries on the most mundane stuff because it, it fascinates me. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, in as much as I hate NASCAR, I would 100% watch a documentary about NASCAR. <laughs> but I was – so I was watching a documentary of Colonel Sanders, and he just had this insane, ultra-competitive ego. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess one time there was like another guy who would put up fried chicken across from him and they had some kind of thing and he shot the guy. I thought, well, I get it. Wow. That makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't want to have somebody barbecuing across the street. I might shoot his ass too. But, but, but yeah, he was not a good person. You want to hear a funny story about Colonel Sanders? Oh, absolutely. My wife's family way back when her grandparents uh, opened up the first Kentucky fried chicken in uh, Southern California and uh, so, you know, they were working, you know, essentially for him, even though yep. it was franchised. And her grandmother um, thought that the uh, uh, coleslaw that they were selling was bland. And so what she did is she chopped up some, uh, sliced up some carrots and put it into the, uh, uh, the coleslaw. Uh-huh. And he got wind of it and he freaked out. He sent her a cease and desist order and put legal uh, problems to him. <laughs> And, but when the word got out about this, people started sending him letters and saying, you know, you know, it's better than your coleslaw. That's fantastic. And so she's the reason that there's coleslaw in, the, or that there's carrots in the coleslaw oh, that's today. Awesome. Isn't that funny? But that's yeah, he, I, he, was, he was a complete prick, I guess. Yeah. But like, but like, I'm not, I'm not a visual person when I hunt for something. First of all, I don't buy Land O'Lakes butter generally because it's more expensive than the other butters I buy and I can make my own butter for cheaper. That's just me. Yeah. But the logo doesn't think, but I really did. I was, uh, I was in Walmart today and I did buy the biggest thing of Aunt Jemima syrup that I could find. And I bought it. (laughs) I 100% bought it intentionally, but I usually avoid Aunt Jemima syrup just because I'll buy a generic base brand because I also make my own syrup with it. You guys want the recipe? It's pretty awesome. It actually came from my oldest daughter. She gave me the idea. What you do is you make equal parts. So you're going to make basically your basic caramel. What I do is I have two sticks of butter, one cup of brown sugar, teaspoon of cinnamon and nutmeg. Mix that in, add a bottle of syrup to it. Forget about it. Shit, that sounds good. Dude, it's the greatest (laughs) thing in the whole world. That is a syrup. And you can use any syrup as long as it's not a flavored syrup. It just has to be original syrup. If you use anything else, that chemical really impedes anything else. When you splash some whiskey or vanilla in that thing, dude, you're going to put on five pounds for breakfast every week and be the happiest person that there is. I I heard that there was a Twitter storm that was started yesterday by some Republican representative. I, I I don't remember who it was. But he said that they should rename the school of Yale. Because uh, apparently Yale was a notorious slave trader. Well, it makes you know, sense. It, it's an old university. I, but I, I think I think I think he was doing it just to prove a point. You know, it's yeah. an Ivy League school. It'll never happen. But I think he was trying to prove a point that you know, if all these things can be done uh, to leftist organizations. But, you know, I mean, but, we're, you know, I don't know. I, I, it, it'll never happen. But I saw the same thing. They were talking about doing that at Rice in Texas because apparently that guy was was a segregationist or whatever the hell he was. I didn't read the whole article. But you're 100 percent right. There are zero people that are old enough to have existed during that time. Right. Yeah. That that have harbored some kind of, you know, feeling about that ever. You know, I mean, you, you, you and I, we're, you're, you're in your fifties, right? 
and I'm in yeah. I'm in my 40s. You and I were born at the beginning of civil rights, man. Think about that. Legitimately, mm-hmm. legitimately think about that and how we were raised. I was I was raised by my father, who is an admirer of Martin Luther King, to believe that the only way you can ever judge people is how they treat you. That's it. You know, that that's it. Black, brown, green. Otherwise, you know, my, my dad had a problem with gays for a lot of years, but, you know, that was the 70s and 80s. Didn't we all, mm. you know, and, and, and then, then I have a gay uncle who I once told when I was 17 years old, this is the part that's going to keep me out of office. My my gay uncle called me once drunk out of his mind. I was 17. And when I was 17, I was going to go into ministry and I had my Bible memorized cover to cover in King James and New and, and New International Version, cover to cover. You give me a verse and I would have been able to pull it out in 1993. And he called me and I told him 100% because he asked me, he said, am I going to hell? I said, absolutely, you're going to hell. Says it right there. And I told him that. And that's probably the truth. If you're based, if you're going on religion, I'm not that big, big religious, religious person anymore. And that's mm-hmm. the beautiful thing about America and religion. You don't have to be. Yeah. But I look at I look at now and, you know, my uncle's a great guy. I've always cared for my uncle. But, you know, based upon religion and the things that I believe about religion. Yeah, possible. But we all have evolved in our thought process. None of us are the same people that we were when we were 20. None of us. And if we were, we'd be even shittier people. Because, well, you know, we just change. I've, I've always been of the opinion that you are what um, your upbringing was. But I'm living proof that that's not necessarily the case. If, if you don't if you don't open your eyes and you don't educate yourself, then, yeah, you're going to stay the same your whole life. You know, whether it's whatever religion you were raised in or uh, how you feel about gay people or race or whatever. But I was raised by my mom and my dad and my grandmother and my grandfather, and they were all horribly racist Mm -hmm. and they hated gay people. And now uh, my best friend, Ralph, who lives here with me and my wife, he's gay and very open about it. And, um, you know, and I'm the furthest thing from a racist. I mean, I'm sure other people would hear my comments and go, well, no, that's racist. Well, bullshit. It's not, you know, and uh, but yeah, I I, but yeah, I used to be one of those people that believed that, you know, well, you are what you are because that's the way you were raised. Well, I think, again, if if you don't open your eyes and educate yourself, then, yeah, you will stay that way. But and I think that that's a lot of the problem in the South. Um, Oh, yeah. My 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 wife, for example, uh, when I was living in Florida. Uh, she was living in Texas and she came out to Florida to be with me and she was, I wouldn't call her a Trump supporter, but she, she was definitely right wing. Mm-hmm. And then when she came to live with me, she started seeing the other side of all this stuff. And she was, she was like, you know, I never got to see any of this when I was living in Texas because I was surrounded by people who were incredibly white right wing. And I mean, and so now I I don't know if I would call her a liberal now, but she's more like me. She's more of a centralist. Um, But yeah, I mean, but but yeah, I think that's the case, you know. You know, I believe and I've told my son this often. You know, I I haven't been with my son's mother for, God, what, 15, 16 years. But I've told him and he said he's had a tough time with his mom. She's, you know, got her own issues. 
And, you know, he's complained about this or that, or even like my brother, who's a multiple felon, who has, who has a lot of issues. And he said, well, he's a bad example of this. And I said, actually, he's a good example of why not to use drugs. I prefer to look at things positive. I believe that no matter how you were raised, it's a good example. It's a good example of how to be or how not to be. And, you know, I, I, I really do. And I, that may be simplistic, but every day I realize that, you know, it's like my four-year-old daughter tells me I swear too much. And <laughs> so I, so I always go, I'm sorry, baby, I gotta, I gotta work on my language. And which is obviously has very much rubbed off on my two-year-old because my two-year-old will drop an F-bomb. <laughs> but the, the nice thing about that is she uses it contextually. She's a very intelligent child. It's not like she just runs around uttering it. It's just when she's frustrated. I'm like, that's awesome. Then she gets it. But, but you know, so therefore I'm a good example of how not to use bad language, you know, but my, like my, my mom, my mom is actually, if I think about it, my mom is very, she's a very white racist in the simple fact that my mom would 100% allow black people into her home. She would have no problem with that. But if one of us were to have gone out with a black person, my mom would have, like, she wouldn't have said anything because my mom is too nice for that. But she would have not approved. Now, my, uh, my, so my, my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law is native and Mexican. And my mom had a, my mom had a tough time with that for a little bit, you know, but it's, it's just, but that's where she comes from, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not, and it's not a Southern thing. I'm going to tell you right now, I've been all over this country and the most racist people I've ever met are in Northern Minnesota. Absolutely. And that's just, that's, that's how they were. And it's not, but up there it wasn't, it wasn't even white and black. It was Serbians and Finns and Italians and Irish. They all hated each other. They hated each other by another. <laughs> Nobody hates anybody like Iron Range people. I'm a Serbian kid from the Iron Range. That's how I identify. I hate Croatians and Finlanders, and I have no idea why. I thought, I, I thought my whole life, this is guys on the street, but it sounds like a joke, but it's completely true. I didn't know that people from Finland were called Finlanders. I thought they were goddamn Finlanders. I thought that's what it was called. I thought it was a goddamn Finlander because I had never heard anybody just use the term Finn. It was always goddamn in front of it. And yeah. I guarantee you, if I went back to my hometown, still the same way. And well, I mean, look, 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 look at Colorado. You want to talk about a place that's racist. I mean, they're overrun by white supremacists. Yeah, I've heard that. You know? You know? But here's something, Brian, I, 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 I got to give you a compliment because, you know, you were talking about your son earlier. And I think that that uh, adds credence to the fact that you're a really good dad. And the reason I say that is because, you know, he's turned into a pretty remarkable young man. I mean, he, he has a great work ethic and I mean, oh. he's, he has a good outlook on life. Um, uh, another thing is that you taught him to respect guns. Not that yeah. guns are bad, but you t- you taught them to respect them. And that's a, something that I don't think a lot of parents do, whether they're Democrat or Republican. They, they A lot of parents just don't do that, you know. And yeah. I think that that's one of the reasons that, you know, we have so many problems with guns in this country. Is because you know, I think that, that I think that if you're too pro-gun, you try to force guns on your kids. And I think that if you're too anti-gun, you know, I, like I, and I've seen it, too, with people that are. Like I, <laughs> it, it, this this cracked me up. It's it, it made me laugh so much. 
I had this father who was a little older than me bring his son in, and they had inherited these two single-shot 22s. You ever shoot a single-shot 22, Damien? Yeah. Okay, they had these two single-shot 22s, and they said, okay, we've got these guns. We've never had guns. We need to know if these function. We need to know how they work. And I said, well, do you want me to save you $150 from gunsmithing fees? <laughs> all you need to do is put a shell in and pull the trigger because this is all that it is. It's quite literally a barrel on top of a thing. You close the bolt, you pull the trigger. And like they, they shot their hands up like I was robbing them. And they were like, we just, they were very uncomfortable with these. I was like, oh my God. I, like I can't, I, you know, that's, that's, that's too much. And, and so you, you can either teach fear or you can teach acceptance. Now with my son, I, I actually, I had it pretty easy. And I think I've told you this before. My son is 20 going on 90 years old. He's <laughs> so, he's so responsible that it annoys me. And he was very easy to teach guns to because see, like my dad and we had guns everywhere. When we, when we, when we got rid of our guns, when my dad was first committed for uh, for manic depression, I think we pulled 75 guns or something like that out of our house. We had guns in the walls. We had guns everywhere. I, my whole life, I had a gun by my bed. It's just my whole life. That's all I remember. And but with my dad, it was never, these are for target practice. These are for hunting. My, my dad's theory was guns are for killing. That's it. And if you're shooting them, you're training to kill something with them. And that mm. may sound crass mm. and that may sound cold, but that's what a gun is for. So when, when I see right-wing people are, that are they're like, well, it's for sporting. No, it's, no, it's not. A gun no. is for killing something. You know, especially, especially when you're that. talking about these, you know, uh, AK-47s or, or yeah. AR-15s, whatever. In my, you know. my son, but my son understood that. Like, he understood that at a very young age. And so I never, I, like, I never had a problem with that. And, like, my nine-year-old, she wants to deer hunt with me this year. And, but she's, my girls are princesses. And, and like, there's my horrible double standard as a father. You know, my girls are princesses and I never want them to see the ugly side of what happens on the other side of a gun. I just I don't want to see it because I I want I want my girls to live a happier life without that stuff. You know what I mean? And I, yeah. I that may be ridiculous, but but I want my son to experience because he's, you know, he's a man who should experience that. But my I don't want my girls to understand that guns are for killing, killing. I want them to understand what they're like. My nine year old, she gets it a little. She doesn't get it like my son did my four-year-old i never had a gun safe until until two years ago ever in my life i never had one i had guns sitting around and then i walked in the room and like she was about to put her hand on my gun and i was like oh, oh that's why they have gun safes oh, oh. <laughs> oh my god that makes sense but like my son when he was two he would have never touched it he just yeah. he understood he wasn't afraid of it but he got it you know and yeah. and that was just that that was his thing, but but like an AK-47 is a useless platform. Useless. It has one purpose. That's it. It's for killing yeah. people. One hundred percent. Now the AR-15, though, that's an American gun, and what they're doing with it now, and working in the gun world, like I, the truth, I would have never owned an AR-15 in my life. They're a useless platform to me. I don't like them. They're not for me. But then I sold a whole bunch of them and a company gave me one for free. And now I've got two more free ones on the way. So now I've got a few AR-15s. But what, I'm, what I've discovered about them is companies that make them 
are branding them as the new American hunting weapon. So they're turning them more into a hunting platform than as the military platform. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, but they build them in those hunting calibers. And so it, it makes more sense, but yeah, there's still a high capacity gun and they're still for killing and they're still mostly preposterous, but Hey, I got three of them for free. So, so I'm a well, fan. You know, you, you know that I'm not really a gun guy and, 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 but I'm not against having guns. I got no, no problem with guns. Yep. Um, but I educated him. And one of the reasons for that is I educated myself about guns and I don't own a gun, but at least I had to find out what they were kind of about. And so that's, it really bugs me when I hear, and it's always liberals saying this when they're calling these guns, assault rifles, like the AR 15, it's not an assault rifle folks. It's not, it's just simply not now. Like Brian was saying, they are used for killing, but they call them assault rifles because they mean they look mean and vicious. They do, you know. That's and what I, so that's what I tell people, that's they just want to scare. They just want to scare people. They do. You know? Like when people come in and they go, "Well, do I need do I need a permit?" I said, "What did they say? What do I need a permit for?" And I always look around and I say, "Okay, look around my room right now. If you see a gun that would terrify a Democrat politician, you need a permit for it. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what you need it for. You need one. If it looks scary." That's what you need a permit for. Yeah, but you know, much. like I, I'll be honest, I for a lot of years I thought the AR stood for assault rifle as well. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it stands for Armalite rifle. That was the company that developed it. And uh, but yeah, it makes sense that it would stand for assault rifle. You know, I mean the only the only real difference, and I, I God, I hope to God there's a true gun person listening to me when I said this. The only difference between an AR-15 and an M4 is an inch and a half in the barrel and the fact that an M4 has a three-round burst select fire. Mm. Otherwise, they're the same damn rifle. Yeah. yeah. And I can yeah. buy a binary trigger for my AR-15, which I'm not going to lie to you, I think should be illegal because they should not exist. A binary trigger means that it goes off when you pull the trigger and when you release the trigger. So you can, if your finger functions fast enough, fire that weapon faster than a fully automatic weapon. Hmm. that does not need to be anywhere in the civilian world because that's not for anything good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I get a really sick deal on them. So I might buy one. (laughs) Yeah. Before we get out of here, there's one more thing I want to cover. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Minnesota right now, but uh, here in Nevada, uh, our governor, uh, Steve Sisolak, uh, just yesterday, uh, mandated that all Nevadans and visitors wear face masks in public. And he said that he's mandating this in an attempt to not return to another shutdown because we've, we're experiencing a spike mm-hmm. uh, in coronavirus cases. And on one hand, I agree with him. On the other hand, I don't know if you know this, Brian, but I'm semi-retired. I was retired for a long yep. time, but then I decided, I mean, you know, I want to do something. I'm not going to so lie to you. I had always I, wondered. Well, I, I, and, and so I took a job with Uber Eats Okay. and it's actually, you know, I'm not going to get rich, but it's good. It's mm-hmm. good money and it's, and it's an easy job. So, what, but anyway, so I drive around all day long, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm out in public because it's considered an essential service. Yep. And even during the shutdown before the casinos reopened here, people didn't give a shit. 
Nobody no. was wearing a mask. There's tons of people on the road. I mean, like, where do you got to go to that's so damn important that you can't, you know, I mean, I understand people would go out for groceries and stuff like that, but people are just running meaningless errands all the time. And now that he's done this shutdown, a lot of the restaurants that I deliver from um, have uh, 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 notices on their on their doors that say, um, you know, if, if you're sick, or you're coughing, you're feeling ill, don't come in. Mm-hmm. And now it's saying, you know, if you don't have a mask on, please don't come in. Well, I'm still going into these restaurants to pick up these orders and nobody's wearing a mask. I yep. hear people coughing and sneezing all over the place. It's like, how are they going to mandate this? How are they going to yep. put that in force? I, I just don't really understand. I don't, I don't understand it either, but I think it's a, I think it's a feel good measure, but I was, I was, my wife actually brought this up to me today and I'm not going to lie to you. Part of me hates me a little that I've turned my wife into a little bit of a right wing person. She was so, <laughs> she was so politically ambivalent when I met her. And that was one of the th- things that I love the most about her it, is that she was just, it w- and ambivalent is the wrong word because it was just, she didn't let those things affect her. Mm. But now, oh man, like, I'm like, oh, I did that. Damn it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like she was, she was bringing up the spike in coronavirus cases earlier today. And, and it, and it was beautiful because it was like listening to me rant for a half a second. And she said, well, God damn it. Of course they are. There's more ways to test now. So you're testing more people, but we're finding out the death rate is way lower. Of course, there's a spike. There's more people being tested. That's only logical. And I thought, yeah, that's 100% the truth. And then, like, whenever, whenever I hear that, I, I, I flash back to, you know, like, the end of season one of The Walking Dead when the CDC guy tells him, we all have it, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and, and, I, uh-huh. and it's like, it's like, I guarantee you that my wife had this three months ago guarantee it she had every symptom that there was and i'm going to tell you right now i juiced it out of her i put her on a regimen of carrot and apple juice like four times a day Uh i cured that but they wouldn't test her yeah yeah and you know she went in because she was she was she was really feeling very poor she was you know she was you know shortness of breath she was she was feeling really rough and they wouldn't test her because she didn't have more symptoms or something like that, or she didn't have the fever. Really? But now I was arguing on Facebook, so I don't know how true it was. This person said that, yeah, they got tested and, you know, they had it. And I said, well, what were your symptoms? I said, well, we didn't need any symptoms because we just checked that we were at, you know, a social, excuse me, we were at a social protest because they were at one of the George Floyd things. And so they tested us. And I thought, really, my wife was sick for a week wanted to go to the hospital and they just told her to go home. They would not test her. And now you can say, well, I was out in public and get a test. Well, of course the damn numbers are going to spike. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's like the most logical thing that there is. But on the other side of that, if you look at that, you remember two or three months ago when all they were redoing is doing is reporting how many thousands of people were dying in the United States daily. You don't see that anymore. They're only reporting the spikes in cases. Yeah. Yeah. The spikes in cases are because it's a mild thing that so few people are going to die from it. It's control and fear by numbers. 
that's it. Well, I think that's what I said. I think the majority of people that have this don't even realize that they have it. They're either asymptomatic or they're experiencing their, their immune system is a little bit better, you know, but yeah. uh, than some people. But yeah, I, I heard uh, something recently that said that 90% of America ha- ha- has this or has had it and got over it. Probably. You know, you know, I don't, but, uh, I, I think, and I know that it's racist to say, I'm sure, but I'm pretty positive. I had this back in November and I know that that's before it was here and we can't say that, but the sickest I have ever been in my life, in my memory, and I'm not talking about having the man flu or the man cold uh, was back in November. My boss came into work. I was, I was working at a company. I was delivering cabinets. My boss came into work and he was, he was pale, man. He was pale white. He was shaking. He was shivering. He had a fever. And I said, dude, you should have probably not come into work today. Don't breathe my air. And uh, like two days later, I, I was sick. I was sick for a week, man. I could hardly leave my bed. And it was, and it was gross. It went through my wife's work. It went through everything out here mm-hmm, where people mm-hmm. were insanely sick. But, you know, obviously we can't talk about that because that wasn't the corona because it wasn't confirmed later but yeah my my wife had every one of the symptoms that they listed off earlier back in march crazy and i never had it my kids never had it i worked around i i I walk i I work around daily let's see when we shut things down at the gun shop i and my wife started working from home i was working five to six days a week i was putting in eight to nine hours a day and I was exposed roughly to 2,000 people a day that were in our shop by door count. And we have zero people that work there that came down with this. Wow. That's zero crazy. People. And you I'm know, surprised. I'm also surprised that, you know, maybe you got it and you were asymptomatic. And I'm yeah. surprised your kids, nobody, nobody in your family got it. No. So, you know, it, I mean, I, th- I think it. Yeah, I think it very well could be that you may have had it back when, Absolutely. and so now you don't, you're not going to get it again. Um, I've I've heard stories where people have had it, got over it, and then they got it again. I'm not sure, so sure that I believe that. Well, I my mean, wife's I, my wife's my wife's out tonight with a friend of hers. My her friend owns a bar. Her friend's brother was diagnosed with corona five weeks ago. He has tested positive three times. According, and I don't know how true this is, according to him, every time he tests positive, they have told him that it counts as a new case. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true that is. Okay. But, huh. you know, he's been, he, apparently he was sick for like the first week and he's been asymptomatic, but he's still testing positive for it. Now, what I, what I truly believe is that this was a cable news story that got out of hand. Oh, absolutely. You I don't know, doubt that like, at, at all. It's at like all. it's like one of those things where like the cable news loves to grab onto something and scare the shit out of people for a while. Like, do you remember do you remember uh, God, what, maybe seven, eight years ago when that plane disappeared in um, what Myanmar or whatever the hell it was? Yeah, it's kind and of CNN had the date had the day count going on 53 days of the disappeared plane or whatever. And I, and I, you know, and I've, you know, I barely that. remember that. I mean, with everything else that's going on, I barely I watched remember it, that. dude. I watched it so much. I, I would take notes on the cable news when I was flooring at Canterbury. And so what, what they'll do is they make that up and then you just kind of move on, you move on from something else. And this was something that they were going to try to do too. It's like, Oh, we got this sickness over in China. We'll scare people with it here for a little bit. 
Like you remember, do you remember what was it? Six, seven years ago when the Ebola was going to come here and kill us all. Yeah. 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 No different than that. But obviously the Ebola went away. So they try to do that with us here, but now you get so wrapped up in it now that you can't walk back from it. Well, what's the, what's the, what's this late, what's this latest thing about, you know, that, that big sandstorm that's coming over from Africa, you know, I mean, come on, it's, I don't know, it's not going to affect people that much. And I, I, I think, I think that when you talk about, when we were talking about earlier about these social protests and people pulling stuff down, that the cable news is out there. They're subtly pushing people. They're pushing people and they're not even aware. And people are not even aware that that's where they're being pushed. And when it comes, I'm going to laugh so much. I'm going to laugh and I'm going to enjoy it. When they start, when they start, when somebody finally wakes up and organizes some of these people and goes to these cable news buildings and does that does what legitimately needs to be done to these people. You know, and I'm all for the First Amendment, and I love the freedom of press. I think that it's important. But I think that, <laughs> to, quote, to, quote, uh, to quote Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility, uh, that's what they have. You have yeah. power, but no responsibility. Right, right. And it's all about I, the it's, fear. It's, you it, know? it's the fear and the power of advertising dollar and everything else. And I, I want to see if Donald Trump demanded a return to the fairness doctrine, I'd vote for him four times. I'd find a way to do it. I wonder if he could even do that. I, I, I wonder yeah. if he could even do that. I, I don't think he could. No, but, but uh, that's what needs to happen. We need to have a return to the fairness doctrine and we need to have like an edict mm-hmm, that allows yeah. the news to not be for profit. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I, and, I can't say that. Totally disagree with you. You, you know, know and, and, it, and it sounds, you know, anti-constitutional or anti whatever the hell I'm supposed to identify as. But that's the problem. Well, it seems right to now. me that the exactly. mainstream media is abusing the First Amendment. You know, well, I mean, you you know that I like like you are about the Second Amendment. I'm I'm huge into the First Amendment because, you know, I write and I don't want my words to ever be uh, 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 censored. But what they're doing is completely irresponsible, and they are not – I mean, it basically, what they're doing is they're doing the old adage. They're running into a crowded theater and screaming it, fire. I, I swear to God I was going to interrupt you and say that. Yeah. That's, that's all they're doing. They're screaming fire in a the theater. And, and I really was. I was thinking about this today because, I, you know, I, you, people like me, we like to think, you know, way back when it was better. And people were honest, and the media was honest. And we, we forget – we forget that a hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, with yellow journalism, they created the Spanish-American War with yep. a lie about the Maine. Yep. And those people, if they were alive today, they would just applaud this shit because mm-hmm. that's all they're doing. The cable news created the Gulf War. The cable news created the war in Afghanistan. They supported it. You know they. They would talk about, you know, weapons of mass destruction and stuff like that. And if you had a more honest media, they would have been a little more diligent in the reporting of that. Mm-hmm. But people mm-hmm. were so upset about 9-11 and the bombings. That's what they wanted. And we were going and we were going and we were going. And they didn't back off until it was too late. And they're not going to do that until there's blood running in the streets, man. I'm going to tell you right now. I we to- both know that. Totally agree. Totally agree. Anyway, we're going to need to get out of here, but first it's time for Let's Trigger Brian. (laughs) 
So let's talk about something totally different here. You and I both love to cook, you know, um, but today I was at the store and I got to tell you, I saw something I had never seen before. I saw a can of chocolate ready whip uh-huh. and I thought to myself, well, that's just sheer evil and I should not have it in my house because I probably wouldn't be able to stop eating it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'll tell you. I don't believe that chocolate ready whip should be allowed in my refrigerator. I don't want it by my white whipped cream. I don't want it mixing with my white whipped cream. I don't want it to pollute my white whipped cream. But I also believe that it's racist and not sensitive enough that I would also do that. I think, I think that, I think that I would shove that beautiful black thing in my mouth and just let it go (laughs) and just fill my mouth with cream and i would 100 percent absolutely and with pride and i don't care how homoerotic it is if i had a can i am dying over here man (laughs) i would shove it in my mouth and gladly be called a race mixer And Dude, that right there, you crack me friend, up. <laughs> that right there is going to keep me out of office someday. We're going to have to topple your refrigerator. <laughs> God, I All hope right, that man. at least one person. I really do. Folks, thanks a lot for listening. And don't forget to follow us. Uh, we are on uh, Podbean and we are also on Spotify and uh, Stitcher and. Uh, Man, we're all over the place. Man. We are yeah. just several, a couple of different ones. Uh, uh, po- Pocket Cast, I think, is another one. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks a lot for listening, and we will catch you next time. Brian, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. See you later. I had arms. I could kill myself. I had legs. I could run away. I had a voice. I could talk and be some kind of company for myself. I don't think it ever was to me. I could yell for help, but nobody helped me. I just got to do something to see how I can. Oh, I'm like this.